Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, September 28, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Put your seatbelts on, trade tables in the upright position. If you don't want to be in the exit row, give it up to somebody that does. The first thing we're going to do is take a look at the daily chart. We're going to look at the big picture and we'll drill down from there. The first thing I want to mention is yesterday's close was poor. We talked about it yesterday. Late in the day, they chose. They made a choice. It's always a choice. They chose to close them poorly on the day. As it stands, it was potentially a tell leading into this morning. They gapped them down and they're doing the thing, at least thus far, we talked about, which is could this be an A, B, and then a C leg, which completes below the low of the first or A leg down? At present, that's what's unfolding. However, we have to keep in mind, it's always an awareness. Even though we may think a certain thing is unfolding, we have to have an awareness of the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. If they show up, and if we wake up to a gap up in the morning, what's the play? What's going on? Are they going to reverse the thing? And was this just a pullback slash fake out for another move higher? In other words, did they just do a retest of, on this chart, the daily chart, the 100 period moving average? And if it holds, she's good and she goes on from there to get back to either retest or get above the convergence or what will be a convergence of the 50 and 20 period moving averages above where the gap exists left open from yesterday's close. How will we know they're in the midst of a rescue operation if we wake up to some kind of a gap up in the morning? Well, we're going to use 435 as the gauge. Opening the day above 435, you're going to see further upside momentum in most cases in normal garden variety market conditions. 435 is important. It's actually a more refined number. Inside the number, members will have that specific number in the morning. What if they're killing them at the open and they're really following through with the whole ABC completing below the low of the A leg thing? If they do all that, where would they be headed? Where are the support areas? Where are the trades going to show up? I'll give you one of them. The rest will be reserved for inside the number members. We'll use 426, give or take, maybe a little above it, maybe a little below it. That's the general area where you should get buyers show up. And that's applied if, in fact, they're getting there in a hurry. It's all happening at one time. If they're eating time off the clock for several days, that number is different. It doesn't exist. It changes. Is today's decline the old debt ceiling debate? This happens over and over and over again. Not necessarily every year, but it happens all the time. When you go back in time, they have the same thing go on. The Democrats and Republicans argue about who was ever in control at the time. They're not going to raise the debt ceiling. They're going to raise the debt ceiling. They're not going to do it because of this. They're going to do it only if the other side agrees to this. And then what happens is they either shut down the government for a week or two weeks or maybe longer. It can happen. It has happened. 
And then ultimately, they come to some agreement. They have a kumbaya moment. The market has a rejoice. It has a bounce. It sells into the debt ceiling argument. Well, guess what? Watch this. If they shut down the government, watch the market rally. Not making that up at a whole cloth. Do the homework. Back to the daily chart for a moment. Yesterday, we talked about something else. We talked about the market being on time. On time for what? On time for a turn. How do you know that? Well, you don't know that definitively. However, if you go back to the stuff that's taught in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, you begin to understand what items constitute a full stack. How time is more important than price. When you use time and some of the other things that constitute a full stack, you begin to see why the evidence begins to mount for a turn on the tape. The poor close yesterday, on time, the dead cat bounce into the moving averages, the whole ABC thing going on. You don't know until you know, but the evidence was building. Something else I want to discuss briefly, we discuss this from time to time, it's worth mentioning again. When the market goes into corrective phases, let's just say, for argument's sake, September's a top. Let's just say that. Humor me for a moment. If the market's going to go down, A, it's not going to do it all at once. B, it's not going to be over three or four weeks from today. That's not going to happen regardless. And C, there's going to be plenty of times you're going to get the rip your face off rally. You're going to get fantastic news. The bottom is going to be in according to the media. And by the way, it's going to look like it on a lot of charts. And then they're going to hit it again. That's the way these things work. They suck in the bulls. They suck in the buy the dip crowd. That's how it's designed. Their job is to make as many investors and traders look like fools as much of the time as possible. So in an uptrending market, what they do is they make it look like you should be short because the rally is over and they're going to top out only to issue a pie in the face and make new highs. On the flip side, when it's a bear phase or a corrective phase in the market and you're in a sell the rip environment rather than a buy the dip environment, note that, put it on a sticky, it's important information. But when you're in the sell the rip environment, the rips can be violent. They're going to eat up a ton of points. They can last days, even weeks. And they're not over until many, many traders believe that it's over, meaning the bottom is in and they're going to go on and make new highs, yada, yada, yada. That's when, and this is under normal garden variety conditions, that's when they'll be at a resistance point and they're going to hit them again. We're also going to be interested in the weekly chart at the end of the week. Are they going to give up the 20-period moving average and what we'll call the next Irene number? Remember, they already gave up the first Irene number. We're back to the daily chart. Here's the Irene number. The low was 436.12. They got below it. Just because they rallied back up to it doesn't mean it's a total recovery. It's a rescue operation in the making for sure, but guess what? Once they give up the Irene number, it's kind of like a shot across the bow. It's kind of like sending one of those flares up in the air. It's a signal, just like the other signs and signal of a trend change that are taught where? Yeah, 
the lazy e-mini trader course. Now we're on the 240-minute chart, and you'll remember this from yesterday. We had the breakup candle low. So where was the opening print today? The opening print was 439.71. What was the low of that candle? 439.60. They opened above it, but immediately failed. Here's a shorter-term chart with the pre-market activity. 439.60 is the number, and this is already at 4, 4.15 a.m. They know about that spot. They get below, they fight back above. They get below, they fight back above. Here's a five-minute chart. Look what happens near the opening bell. 9.15, they're running up over it. They stay over it, they close above it, and then by 9.35, guess what? They're giving it up, and that was it. Back to the 15-minute chart and the regular session, we knew about that number. We knew that if they got below that number, that there were other support areas that they could certainly bounce the market, but that was a spot that if they start closing those larger candles below, 120-minute, 240-minute, then that becomes a problem. Under normal garden variety conditions, here's how it works. They spike it, they go below, but by the close of the candle, they're rallying back to get above. When that doesn't happen, it's a pretty good hint that the market is in trouble, the bears are in control, and they're going to go a lot lower. Write that one down. Put it on the sticky note. Have you organized your sticky notes? By the way, back to the hourly chart, Today was the day the buy the dip crowd was issued the pie in the face. It happens. They're not used to it. Remember, they're the folks that believe wholeheartedly that the market always goes up all the time. They don't know about bear markets. They don't believe in bear markets. Frankly, the majority of them have never actually sat through a bear market, which is the reason they don't understand what a bear market looks like. We haven't seen one in over 12 years. I realized we had that 2020 pandemic sell-off. It was more like a crash than a bear market from a shorter-term basis. There was a rip-roaring recovery right away. A bear market is prolonged. There's pain that goes on and on, and just when you think it's going to get better, it gets worse, and just at the point where you can't take it anymore is generally the bottom, but it goes on and on for a long time. It's not like a V-bottom type of thing. A bear market is more like a kill him with a thousand cuts. I'm not saying we're in a bear market. I'm just saying beware when there is a bear market. This is not a bear market today. This is still an uptrend until it changes. You have to be the umpire calling balls and strikes. Maybe it's changing. Maybe they rescue it. The whole thing is an awareness. It will change. Here's an aside. Just from my perspective, after the fact, also in real time, but certainly after the fact, this is a learning opportunity. Here's the hourly chart. When you see a market cut through numbers, cut through areas that I'm going to describe in a moment, like a hot knife through butter, intraday, you know something different than the norm is going on. So sometimes you can spot it. So for example, you have the breakup candle low, they opened above it, they got right below it. That doesn't mean they're going to collapse right away. Maybe they go down or they struggle for a half an hour, maybe an hour, maybe more, but they could certainly have recovered. However, think about this for a moment. 
here's a candle where there's a gap, okay? Whether you consider the gap at the top of the body or the bottom of the body, it doesn't really matter. You can consider it either way. They cut through both like a hot knife through butter. Next up, how about an hourly pivot low for 36.60? Guess what? That's an important spot. It's a good tail candle. They took off from there with a little bit of a retrace. They cut through it like a hot knife through butter. When you see those type of things unfolding, you have to simply recognize, hey, wait a minute, maybe this time today is different. I have to take a deeper assessment. Maybe I'll just step away for a while and be a spectator until at least the point in which they show me that I have something to trade against. Can they put in some kind of a bottom that I say, I can trade against this, meaning as long as they don't close candles below, 10-minute candles, 15-minute candles. When I say that, I'm talking about time. I want them to stay above a certain thing for time. I don't want them getting below for a period of time. A couple of minutes, that's okay. Five minutes, maybe okay. One 10-minute candle, maybe okay. Starts to be longer than that, and it's likely the destination was something else. And that's how I use time with a low to trade against, quote-unquote. So you can see later in the day, they did put in a low from a time perspective. They never closed candles below this low ever again for the day, but you have to wait for them to do that. On a day where they're cutting through stuff like a hot knife through butter, that 80% of the time using the 80-20 rule, the duck theory, that they wouldn't normally cut through. They would normally get a bounce from. When they don't, you know that something different is going on. Let's check out inside the numbers. This is the end. The reason why we're starting at the end, this is slightly before three o'clock, and some of this stuff was also said earlier, you'll see it later. It's anything goes into the end of the day. They're gonna chew up a lot of points into the end of the day. Which direction? We don't know yet. Could be both directions. They could have a short squeeze up to 436 to 436.50 or higher, or they can kill them into the close. We don't know but they're gonna move them a lot of points. Here at 205, today is the typical setup to get the move into the close or within the last hour of trading. Up or down is a guess at this point, they're likely to bite off a lot of points in either a short squeeze late in the day or they kill them into the close. Here's a 15 minute chart. We don't need the vertical today. It's obvious where price was. So let's get time under our belt. So here's 1230. So here is 1.30 in the afternoon, and here is 2 o'clock, 2.15 in the afternoon. It looks like they're making new lows. It's still a guess at this point. They're gonna bite off a lot of points in either a short squeeze late in the day, or they kill them into the close, and you'll see later in the notes somewhere it says, or both. There's your short squeeze that started right here, 14.30. 2.30 in the afternoon, a little bit earlier than the last hour of the day. Where'd they get up to? The high was 436.67. Where were we saying? 436 to 436.50 was resistance. It was in the notes. Why is it in there? Because I know there are traders that are happy to take the ride. When they see it unfolding, the market starts to move. If you've been around the block a while, you can smell a squeeze coming. You have to know where to hop off the train, 436 to 436.50. Then they killed him into the close. Another poor close, we'll see where that leads in the morning hours.
Let's get the early thoughts under our belt, and then we'll scroll up from there so that those that are interested can see the notes, double-check the work, pause the video, and take your time in doing so. Now, just a quick mention. I know there are people that want to skip this section. They're not interested in Inside the Numbers. They just want to get kind of the bookends of what I'm doing here. I get that. That's totally fine. It's not for everybody. But here's the thing. When you're looking for other people under the video in the comments that skip the Inside the Numbers section just to be Captain Asshole, then you're banned from making comments. You want to be productive? Have at it. Want to have some banter? Have at it. Want to disagree with an analysis? Want to know the numbers? Have at it. Don't be a douche. A lot of hard work goes into this stuff of note. It's Turnaround Tuesday. They hit them pretty good during the overnight session. Today should be busy. We don't care what assigned reason or excuse it is. It's going to change tomorrow. They're going to sweep it under the rug, or it'll be a different reason or excuse altogether. So we don't need to know what they're talking about. Instead, we focus on the numbers, the charts, the secret stuff nobody else is looking at. The most important thing on the board is 439.60. We focused on it last night for a reason. We had some stuff under that, but you'll see that later in the notes. We don't need to belabor the stuff lower right now. And we certainly don't have to worry about the north side since they didn't go north. They got in the southbound express lane. We're moving along. Tale of two sides of the tape. Either they're making it look like they're running a test of the breakup candle low and then fail big time to a whole other place, which is obviously what happened, but that was selection number A, or they're simply running a test of the thing and then begin to recover, rally, and issue a pie in the face to the shorts. So they didn't do that. They did the first thing. They're going to do one of the two. We're moving along. Little word on a day like today, patience. If you don't or can't catch a trade right out of the chute on a day like today, there's another one around the corner. Close to the open, just to make mention that they were hanging around the important number. We already talked about that. 9.35. I'll buy 437.50, give or take, for a scalp trade at least. At the time, that's what was inside my head. It's wrong with candle closes below 436. The reason there's a correction there, I had a different number. I corrected it within a couple of minutes, but I know some traders will come over the top and say, hey, you switched the thing after the fact. It wasn't an impact, so I just put corrected. Here's a five-minute chart. There's 437.50. There's your bounce. It wasn't much. It was about six or seven S&P handles. That's why we take profit along the way, and that's why you have to be quick. We're moving along. There's that error again. I had 435.50 up there, and I just made mention of it was really 437.50. Showtime, they needed to play defense. They played some defense, but then they got run over. Let's scroll up, see what else we have that's interesting that you can learn something from. 10 o'clock for an aggressive trade. 436.85 is also for the scalp trade opportunity, higher risk. And there it is, 436.85. They tried to bounce, and they didn't. They couldn't. The market was really, really weak, and basically it was like a vice grip on the downside until they found the low. And even at that, all things considered, the ultimate bounce off the lows was pretty meager. So it's a weak tape today. We're not surprised. It was part of the schematic. It was one of the schematics discussed last night. Intraday stuff 
is different than the longer-term stuff that we discuss in these videos. The intraday stuff, sometimes you get a bounce from a number, sometimes you don't. But the numbers and the bounces intraday have little, if nothing, to do with the bigger picture. Let's see what else we have. Here's where it begins to be apparent that this could be one of those days where the market just continues to go down. It's relentless. It's a trend day down versus a trend day up. We don't know. But here it comes. If the market continues to fall apart, where to? 434 is a big time spot. At the time, I don't know that they're going to get there, but there should be support down there. Now we've switched over to an hourly chart for no apparent reason whatsoever. And the line is 434. And you can see while in the heat of the moment, they certainly went lower, but 434 was a big time spot. They found support. You can see why, and I'm going to explain it here. And there's always a method to the madness. Why did I bring up the hourly chart? Because it's really easy to see it right here. Isn't this the spot? And you can make a pretty good case where all of a sudden, you have a couple of things going on. The market comes down in a big way on a gap down, and it stops short right here. It does go lower, but it rallies right back here in a big-time breakup candle, and it closes pretty much right at this level around 434. So the market came down. It stopped on a dime at 434 before collapsing, rallied right back up to 434, tried to break out, came back to retest that spot, and then finally went up again. So I'm looking at this saying, well, the way I look at the markets, that's a bona fide breakout area. They should find some kind of garden variety support down there. And guess what? They did. Doesn't look like it at the time in real time. Doesn't feel like it if you're in a trade. But that was a spot where under normal garden variety conditions, they're going to find support and have an intraday reaction off that spot. And guess what? Where did the reaction take you? Well, here it is up to a high of 436.67. So basically, if you think about it, that's 26 S&P handles. How you doing? I'm not saying I said jump in at 434. I'm just saying it was a big time spot. You had a big time bounce. Let's move it along a little bit. I know this video is getting long in the tooth. What I'm going to do is I'm going to scroll up. You know what happened in the market? Pause the video. Read the notes. See what I'm talking about. See what you can learn from this information. There's a lot of stuff in here today. When the market's active, I'm going to have a lot to say. I'm trying to give my traders as much as possible. Everything I can read into the market is going to show up in these pages here. Read the notes. Study the charts. The information is valuable if you take the time to understand it. If you glance at it one time for five seconds, it's going to look like a foreign language. If you study it for a while, you're going to start to understand how the market works. What does that lead to? It leads to profitability, not losses. We're trying to change the game. Here's the list of stocks on the move today. We're going to run through the charts real quick so we can get to the other stuff. We have Datadog. We have LOGI. We have KL, AMAT, Fastly, and Palantir. Only one did not hit its entry objective or target. STM, it's a no trade. It's off the board. Now, before we get into these, you have to understand how the market works. When you're taking a trade from stocks on the move or from anywhere, when you're buying a stock on a day when the entire market, meaning the S&P 500, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the IWM, the Russell, everything's being dragged down. They're walking them out behind the woodshed one by one. Mama bears 
waiting with an Uzi. When that's happening, more often than not, the stocks are going to get dragged down too until the time the market finds some kind of an interim low and then everything, like a rising tide lifts all boats, everything all of a sudden starts to bounce together. That's the way it works under normal garden variety conditions. So if you're buying a stock, Datadog, first one on the list, if you're buying 137.30 and the market's simultaneously getting killed at the same time, you have to understand that it may go to the second number. It may go lower. You may want to buy it lower. I'm giving you the numbers, but again, part science, part art form. Part art form is reading the major market, reading the tape, having an understanding that, sure, maybe Datadog can get a bounce off the number right away, but if the whole market's being killed, maybe it's not going to bounce until the market gets a bounce. Food for thought, put it in the file cabinet on a sticky note in your back pocket. Was 137.30 the number today in Datadog? And the answer is, sure it was. They gave you the base hit, they hung around the number, they finished on the number, it was the number. The numbers work. Logitech, they didn't do the thing in the manner in which we like it to do the thing, but you can see what happened. So here they come short, they bounce up, they come back to do the number. The low of day was 88.86 against my 88.88, crazy eights, and then they went up from there. There's a no trade for me, but the numbers work. How about Kirkland Lake Gold, KL, haircut at the open, 39.75 was the number. They spike it by a few pennies, rip back up in the other direction. They gave you the base hit, they gave you a double, they gave you whatever you wanted. AMAT gave you the deal on the first number, gave you half a deal on the second, but after the deal on the first number, these are close together. That's it. Trade's over when this trade is over. Gave you the base hit, came back down. They ran sideways for a while on the second number, ate some time off the clock, hung out for maybe just an espresso, and then went lower. But the first number did the deal. Fastly, we're going to have to call this one a shitburger. If you were in this trade, and if you were painting by the numbers using the stop provided and all that stuff, it wasn't until 1.30 in the afternoon they actually closed below the stop. And when they keep testing a stop, and they don't close the hour below the stop, it's kind of like, hey, they're running a test, and eventually they're going to try and spike them higher, and they never really did. They ended up melting away, so we're calling it a shit burger. And on a day like today, when you have seven or eight trades on the board, and you have six or seven or whatever the number was that triggered, six trades triggered, when Mrs. Market's getting taken out behind the woodshed, it's going to be a rare day that you're going to take all these trades, and they're all going to work out perfectly. It's not going to work like that. Today's a day where you're going to have to have an expectation where there could be a losing trade. It is possible. This one was a shitburger, as was Palantir. Got taken out behind the woodshed, also a shitburger. So technically speaking, today was like four and two. Four wins against two losses, officially, if you took every trade and painted by the numbers. It's actually not bad on a woodshed day. What's going on over in Camp IWM? collapsed back down. It was apparently a fake out. They went up on time to certainly make it look like, at least yesterday, that they've recaptured all the moving averages and they were going to continue higher. Well, guess what? Now we have a reversal, and unless it's a schizophrenic market, they've got some more work to do on the downside. 
Maybe they have a gap up in the morning and everything's fine and they brush all the stuff under the rug and it's party on again. That is possible. It happens all the time. I get that. But I'm looking at a number of things that are beginning to add up to a certain thing. What are those things? Well, I'm looking at this reversal, for example, in the IWM. I'm looking at them giving up the Irene number last week or the week before, whenever it was. There's a flare up in the air. A number of other things like that that have to do with market internals. It's kind of like a full stack of side information that no one thing by itself is particularly meaningful. But when you start to add them up, it's a pretty good full stack of side information. Remember, from a longer term perspective, you're going to have a couple of Irene's going on here. You have a series of higher lows. So you have a low, a higher low, and another higher low, and all three of these weekly pivots are important. They can be tested, but if the last one is breached and closed below on a weekly basis, look out below, get out your parachute. If or when that happens, they'll be working their way down to an immediate target, an immediate, I don't mean like within a day or so, but the real big time target from a breach like that would be all the way down around 175. Just saying. No time soon do we have to worry about that. 219 and 217 are important from an intraday perspective if they're killing the tape again on Wednesday. What about the folks down at the transportation department? So they took them out behind the woodshed today, but only down 1%. Nothing doing one way or the other really from a shorter term perspective. I'm really looking at the longer term because this is my favorite canary in the coal mine. I'm looking longer term. Can I derive any real solid long-term information with the transports? And what I have here is a pseudo-test of the 50-period moving average, but not really a completion from a symmetrical standpoint of what's going on on the chart. Net-net, what does that mean? I'm not satisfied there's a good low in the transports. Looks like a tail candle. Looks like a decent low. Looks like a reversal on the week. It's not doing it for me. Here's a monthly chart. So let's take it from this perspective. We talked about this a number of times. Remember, the transports topped out in May. So now they've been coming down since May. Is this it? If it's an important top and it's a monthly top. So we know that's a fact. The monthly top is in in the transports from May. We had a reversal the next month. Now they've been going sideways for the last couple or three months. So what does that mean? If they're going sideways on the monthly chart, Aren't they building energy to go lower? They could certainly go higher first, but isn't that what's really going on? If you cut through the nonsense day-to-day, -day, even week-to-week, -week, isn't that what's going on in the monthly chart? Aren't they going to come down to ultimately run a test of the 20-month moving average wherever that may wind up by the time they get there? And the answer is, off of an important top, yeah, of course they're going to come down and finally run a test of home base or the 20-month moving average. It's going to take time. Are they going to be there in October? Probably not. How about the Q people? We call this a wallop, a smackdown, shoving 10 pounds of shit in a 5-pound bag. And that's what's going on because the Qs are top-heavy. What's in there? Amazon, Apple, Google, Facebook, yada, 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 NVIDIA, all those stocks that are getting taken out behind the woodshed on an individual basis 
more than the overall market in a percentage terms. So therefore, the Qs are going to follow suit. Now look, they're ahead of the SPY. We talked about this at the front end of the video. So we had this thing where they come down, that's the A leg, B and C. Well, guess what? They're already below the low of the A leg. So they're already telling you that they're leading things in the southern direction. Where's support? 354 and a half, 355, in that zone. If they get there sooner than later, if you have another Lollapalooza of a day, then you should get a reaction from that zone under normal garden variety conditions, give or take 50 cents to a dollar on either side. That's a big time spot. Not the reason, but when you flip over to a weekly chart, just so happens to coincide with the neighborhood of a breakup candle low, 352.04. So just for argument's sake, we'll say 352 to 354, 354 and a half, somewhere in that neighborhood, garden variety, intraday support. XLF, the financials, we talked about this yesterday, triple top, I didn't like the look of it, but a triple top until unless they close above the former highs, then it would be a breakout type of maneuver. They're still above all the moving averages, calling balls and strikes. They're still in an uptrend. The trend is your friend until it's not. Same like the Qs. Smash Mouth got smashed out behind the woodshed today. Also, from an official standpoint, officially getting below, which completes the ABC pattern. A leg down, B leg up, C leg down, completes once they're below the low of the A leg. So guess what? And this is interesting. No accidents, no coincidences. Today's low, 260.16. The low of this candle here, 260.43. So they officially complete the thing, not to say they have to be done. They're probably not done. But just from an official standpoint, they're done with that thing. But look where they closed. 260.49 against what? 260.43. No accidents or coincidences. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. True and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It was a little bit longer than usual. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.